Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 314. This is the podcast that always keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thank you for listening. We love our loyal listeners. Thank you once again for downloading. First-time listeners, we're glad you found us. We hope you stick around and become a regular listener. My name is Stephen Fennick, and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, DJI launches two new Mavic drones with enhanced camera technology. Fitbit unveils the Charge 3, and JBL's endurance earphones lets you take your music anywhere. In the Tech Guide reviews, it's all about smartphones this week. We're going to check out the Samsung Galaxy Note 9, the Oppo Find X, and the Huawei Nova 3i. And we'll wrap things up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and also Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A huge show for you, so let's dive straight in. Well, I am a massive fan of DJI. I'm actually a licensed drone pilot. I actually own uh, the DJI Inspire 2, which I love to fly. But uh, DJI also have another, uh, other drones, I should say. Uh, the Mavic drones in particular are, are quite exciting. They're the drones that actually fold down to the size of a water bottle. And to be precise, they fold down to a size of 8.4 centimetres high, 21.4 centimetres long, 9.1 centimetres wide. Very, very small, surprisingly small. Well, DJI has announced not one but two new Mavic 2 drones that have had a significant update uh, and just created these amazing new possibilities for drone photographers. Drone photography is really just going from strength to strength thanks to products like these new Mavic 2 drones. There's actually two in the lineup the Mavic 2 Zoom, and the Mavic 2 Pro. And both have up to 31 minutes of flight time. That's actually the longest flight time for a consumer drone, 31 minutes. It has also got a maximum speed of 72 kilometres an hour in sports mode. So that's pretty zippy. Uh, they've also got uh, omnidirectional obstacle sensing as well. So in all directions, the previous Mavic didn't have that. This time out, the uh, Mavic 2 DJI has included that in these uh, in these new devices. They look they look pretty similar to to the previous model. The biggest change, of course, is in the camera. And with each drone, there is a different camera with different capabilities, which we'll get to in a moment. We'll sort of talk about the first, firstly, the features that are available on both. Then we'll go into the particulars for each drone. Naturally, there is a three-axis gimbal on board, so you're getting very stable and smooth footage, no matter which way you're, you're flying and no matter what the conditions. 
that's one of the strengths I've found of DJI's drones is the fact that it can keep your footage video so still and so steady thanks to that amazing three-axis gimbal. The imaging system on the Mavic 2 Pro uh, includes a Hasselblad camera. Pretty well-known brand for their quality, precision, and craftsmanship. So having a, a quality camera on a, on a drone, you're going to get some pretty amazing images. And it includes the Hasselblad natural color solution. So you're getting pretty stunning 20-megapixel images and videos. Also on board the uh, the Mavic 2 Pro is a new one-inch CMOS sensor. That's that's actually four times larger than the sensor that was on board the original Mavic Pro. So uh, you're going to get better dynamic range, uh, better signal-to-noise ratio, and improved low-light performance as well. You're also going to get 10-bit HDR video, which uh, has it through its adjustable f2.8 to f11 aperture, so you can handle all the different light conditions and still just get those amazing colors as well. Moving on to the Mavic 2 zoom, you've got a 24 to 48 millimeter optical zoom camera on board. That's, that's a first for a DJI drone because normally to get a close-up, you just got to fly closer. Well, now with the with this new zoom capability, uh, you can now get a get a zoom right in on your subject and still keep the drone a safe distance away. There's many situations where you just can't get in too close to what you're shooting, especially if you're out shooting near people or, or in the wild. It's it's you don't want to get your drone too close to any kind of danger. So the, the optical zoom uh, really comes in handy. It's powered by a 12 megapixel sensor as well, and it's got up to four times zoom. And the zoom's pretty fast and responsive. It's got really fast autofocus as well, so you can snap in on what you need to shoot and uh, snap back out again. Another cool new feature on both is a feature called Dolly Zoom. Now, this is, this is a new shortcut, a new shot in the, in the quick shot feature. So you know how this quick shot that gives you, gives you the orbits and asteroids and all these kinds of features. Dolly Zoom is another one. Now, Dolly Zoom is this amazing visual effect so that you can be a little bit more creative. So while you're sort of looking, you're pulling out, it's also kind of zooming in. The best, the best Dolly Zoom that I can remember from a major motion picture is in the film Jaws, directed by Steven Spielberg. There's a scene where uh, police chief Brody is on the beach watching the water and he realises something is happening in front of him and the camera does this amazing dolly zoom. I think it was the first time it was ever used and it's since been imitated many, many times. But if you take a look at, uh, there's a video that we've embedded on our Tech Guide story, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, another feature too uh, on the the zoom camera, the zoom drone, is the fact you can take a 48 megapixel super resolution photo. So it does this by stitching nine photos together with its telephoto lens. That's pretty cool. So you get this massive, this massive uh, image. Now here's one of my favourite features, and both of the drones can do this. The uh, it, the new the new feature is called hyperlapse. So you can create these amazing time-lapse videos while you're flying in one of four different modes. There's circle, free, course lock, and waypoint. So you can choose any of those little modes 
and it'll take this amazing time-lapse video for you. So imagine the, the, the type of time-lapse you can achieve from at a height or with the drone and what you're seeing below you moving quickly through thanks to the time-lapse. Remarkable stuff. We look forward to getting uh, one or both in our hands and reviewing them in the next few weeks. Pricing has been announced. They're actually available now. They were announced only the other day and were, and were available immediately. The Mavic 2 Pro, which is the more expensive, that's $2,299. The Mavic 2 Zoom is $1,999. And as I said, both are available right now. But if you want to take a look at them, take a look at that amazing video, see what they look like, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Well, Fitbit is a very, very well-known name in the, the world of wearables and fitness devices. Uh, they are a leading global wearable brand, and they've just unveiled their latest device. It's the Fitbit Charge 3. The Charge is the larger of the wearables, has a, a touchscreen uh, and has all a larger touchscreen so you can see all, all of this information at your fingertips, your steps, your heart rate, things like that. So brighter touchscreen, larger touchscreen, and it also has an all-new water-resistant design. The Fitbit Charge 3 has even uh, more advanced sensors and algorithm technology than ever before, so it can become an even more accurate health tracker. Uh, there's now more than 15 goal-based exercise modes to, tr to track your fitness uh, and also a battery that will last for up to seven days. I will look forward to testing that for real. Seven-day battery life. So you only got to remember to charge this thing once a week. It's going to be available in November. It's going to be priced at $229.95. But it does really add, it builds on the story that Fitbit has already created here, it builds on the success of their previous lineup. There's There's been more than 35 million Fitbits sold worldwide to date. So they're a big player in this world, and for good reason, because they they make good products that are that can track your track your uh, your exercise and your steps, your activity, your heart rate, even your sleep, and it's also backed up by an excellent companion app as well, so you can see everything there right in front of you. All your information is there to collect. Now, this is made from lightweight and durable material, so it's a, they're using an aerospace-grade aluminium case here, covered by Corning Gorilla Glass 3 touchscreen as well. 40% larger the touchscreen is this time out, and, and also brighter than the previous model as well. But with all those additions, it's actually slimmer. It's got a slimmer design, yet is stronger than the previous. So uh, much more comfortable fit for both men and women. So it's in that nice size where it looked just as good on a man as it would on a woman. So there's no there's no sort of issues here. You know, some watches, they need different sizes to suit men and women. No such problem here. The Charge 3 is a unisex device, can be used by men and women. Of course, you can choose different colored bands and match it up to whatever you want, but at the end of the day, it does track your exercise and does it really well. It's got exercise modes like bike, swim, run, yoga, weights. You can even use, you can set a, a target. So you can set a goal for calories burned. You can set a goal for distance, your duration, and see all your stats in real time. And it is water resistant to a depth of 50 meters. So you can wear it in the pool, in the shower, even in the ocean. So far, there is also a swim tracker as well. Swim mode, you can see your laps and your pace uh, after you've done your laps as well. Awesome new feature there. Now, for you ladies, uh, there is also, you can also, there's a feature just for you uh, that allows you to 
understand your menstrual cycle uh, using the Fitbit app and sort of you can log your period and your period of ovulation. So handy if you uh, if, if that information is important to you, maybe planning a family or just want to keep track of your cycle. Really handy feature for there as well, for you as well. They haven't forgotten the ladies. Uh, it'll also, uh, there's, apart from all the exercise, it'll also give you insight into your activity. It'll tell you uh, additional information. It'll also give you your heart rate, your nutrition suggestions, and it will also monitor your sleep. So it, it can give you uh, a bit more accuracy in terms of your deep sleep, your REM sleep, how long you sleep. Uh, it's also going to give you those usual reminders of uh, to get moving if you if you if you're staying still for too long. It'll also guide you through relaxation breathing if it detects your uh, if you can do that either regularly or it can may may th- see your heart rate increasing, may offer breathing exercises to calm you down. It's also a smart device, don't forget, so you're going to get notifications of all your calls, your calendar entries, messages, even notifications from apps like Facebook. And you'll know when your Uber's arrived as well. Uh, you can also use Fitbit Pay, so there's a contactless payment system on board as well. And, of course, can be paired with Android and iOS devices alike. It doesn't matter. It'll still pair no matter what phone you're using. It's going to be available in black with a graphite aluminium case or blue-gray with a roll, rose gold aluminium case. It's going to be priced, as I said, at $229.95 and will go on sale in Australia in November. That's going to be a very popular product once it's out. If you want to see what it looks like, check out all those specs. You can do that at techguide.com.au. JBL, very well-known name when it comes to audio, uh, in particular their earphone range. They've also got some great Bluetooth speakers, some smart speakers, uh, which which we've spoken about on the podcast in the past. I've also written about them on Tech Guide. But uh, their new new products are actually a lineup of sport earphones. These are the JBL Endurance range, and there are four different flavors to the Endurance range, depending designed to suit different types of sports, different types of use, different types of activities. So the range includes, and it, no, it's a dead giveaway just going by the names how they can be used. The range includes JBL Endurance Run the JBL Endurance Sprint, the JBL Endurance Jump, and the JBL Endurance Dive. So they're all your, uh, meant to provide you with high-quality audio, and th- that's what they do through, uh, through JBL's great technology there. And they're designed to be your companion. I, I don't think I can exercise now without listening to music. I've always got to be listening to something when I'm exercising. I can't just have silence, whether it's music or I listen to the radio or I listen to an audio book or a podcast. I've got to have something in my ear. And these products will help you do that. Now, the Sprint, Jump and Dive wireless earphones are all IPX7 rated, which means they're waterproof, uh, so you can easily handle all conditions and all types of weather. So so you can even safely rinse them all clean after a swim or a sweaty workout. They've been engineered, of course, with JBL's signature sound with pure bass performance. So you're getting solid audio quality. So if you've got those tracks that really inspire you to, to run a little bit harder, to train a little bit harder, go a bit faster, whether you're on the road or in the pool or in the gym, then these are the devices for you. There's also on-ear touch controls, so you can control the music and the volume without having to actually reach for like an inline microphone or even touching your smartphone. You can leave that right alone. 
Now, the endurance range of wireless earphones also offer eight hours of playtime as well. And there's also a speed charge mode where you can have one hour of playback. Say you're about to go for a run and you think, oh, damn it, I forgot to charge these things. You can charge it for just 10 minutes and that'll give you an hour of playback. So unless you're going to go for an hour, a run longer than an hour, 10 minutes will do you. You can always charge for 20 minutes and maybe get two hours of playback. I'm not sure if it works that way, but you do get an hour of playback after just 10 minutes of charge. So well worth checking out. Now, go through them real quickly. The JBL Endurance Run, twenty nine ninety five, and they're wired. These have got a tangle-free cord. Uh, so they're kind of your basic running earphones, sweat-proof, weather-proof, all of that. They've got the flip-hook design, so you can wear them both in-ear or behind your ear. The JBL Endurance Sprint, that's ninety nine ninety five. That's got a wireless design. IPX7 waterproof rating. It's got the Maghook magnetic earbuds as well uh, for easy storage. The JBL Endurance Jump, these are $79.95, and these are sort of, uh, they add a durable neckband to the back of it, so for a secure fit. The Power Hook Buds also turn on and instantly connect when you, when you put them on. Then they turn off as soon as you take them off as well, so no need to press a button to turn these things off. Now, the most expensive is the JBL Endurance Dive. This is $139.95, has the same features as Jump, but specifically designed for places where phones just don't go like in the pool for example there's also a gigabyte of storage on board so you can hear your music as well so that's enough for up to 20 sorry 200 music tracks so you can enjoy your your music while you're swimming or even while you're catching waves pretty cool the jbl endurance lineup if you want to check them all out you can you know where to go techguide.com.au tech guide. this is tech guide with stephen fennick the Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Well, you already know Arlo by Netgear, the worldwide leader in smart home security and creator of the world's first 100% wire-free, weatherproof HD security camera. Well, now you can get to know the new Arlo Pro 2 with even more features, including two-way audio that allows you to talk to your kids, your pets, or whoever is at your front door right from your smartphone. Arlo Pro has quick charge, rechargeable batteries, night vision, and live on-demand streaming. And yes, sirree, it's still 100% wire-free and weatherproof. So you can easily monitor your entire property inside and out. Arlo Pro takes just a few minutes to set up, so you can check in on your home or your business from anywhere using the free Arlo app on your phone, tablet, or computer. Know what's happening in real time with advanced motion detection and never miss a moment with free cloud recordings for seven days. Visit arlo.com forward slash au for more info. Arlo and the new Arlo Pro by Netgear. Every Angle covered. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennett. Tech Guide. Okay, on to our reviews. And as I said at the top, all our reviews this week, it is a smartphone special. A lot of new devices that have been released, and we've reviewed, we've reviewed three of them. Uh, and we're going to kick off with Samsung's Galaxy Note 9. Now, this is a super phone. This is a device that is a no-compromise product. Uh, when it was announced uh, a few weeks ago in New York, that was the theme of the whole the whole thing. Where uh, it was, this is a device designed for high-end users. It's a high-end device for a high-end user, and it delivers in all departments. It delivers on on build quality. It's got a bigger battery, bigger screen, larger chassis, improved S Pen. 
it's ramped up this this product for that high end user. Now, it is it it looks very very similar to the Note Eight, couple of subtle little uh, physical design changes, but in actual fact there is a significant improvement across the board over the Note Eight. You got to remember the Note 8 was was Samsung's first step back out into the Note world after the ill-fated Note 7 the year earlier. So they sort of took they 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 made a a cautious upgrade of the 7, made sure that it delivered it had a new design and it had all of that. Battery wasn't that much bigger. Uh it was a tentative upgrade. Well, let me tell you now, the Note 9 it's like Samsung said, the shackles are off. We've ramped up everything here. We've uh, The Note 7's well behind us, so you're getting that bigger battery, bigger screen, bigger everything, better everything, and they've ticked it off across the board, ticked the boxes, and, and provided a superior phone that is, might, like I said, might look the same as the Note 8, but it is a way, way better phone. It, it's much more powerful. Performance is incredible. Uh, all of those things that for the, for that high end user, that whether you're a business person or, or a heavy consumer of content on the move, the Note Nine has got your back. Design wise, as you'd expect, solid build quality. As soon as you get it in your hand, you can tell this is a, this is a rock solid device. Uh, it's got these diamond cut edges now, so it's a sort of subtle difference. So the, the the diamond cut edges sort of merge the display with the rear panel quite nicely. It sort of catches the light a little bit as well. Uh, yeah, but solid build quality. Still got the IP68 rating, so it means it's water resistant. Uh, it can take a dunk. If you drop a drink on it, you're not going to have to panic. The other little change design-wise is the relocation of the fingerprint reader. Funny enough, last year's device, the Note 8, the fingerprint reader was beside the lenses on the camera. And then I'd love a dollar for every time that I touch the lens instead of the fingerprint reader. Um, and then I'd have to, of course, wipe all my fingerprints off the camera if I wanted to take a photo. So uh, that's been a little change. The fingerprint reader is now below the dual rear cameras instead of beside it, which is a nice change. The uh, the, the, Note, the Note customer, the Note 9 user, uh, is, a, is a unique beast. The, the Note 9 user, the Note user is... A fanatical user. Samsung says that their Note fans, their Note customers, are the most loyal, the most fanatical. The, 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 they love this device. Their satisfaction rating is the highest of any product. Their, their uh, in, per, purchase intent for another Note device is also very high. So this is a device that's going to really endear themselves, endear itself to those users as well. And the other thing that they're going to love, kind of what makes the Note the Note, is the S Pen. Now, we'll talk about more of that in a moment, but just off the bat, this is a big device. So if you want, a, if you want a, uh, a big phone, I love a big phone, so that's why I love the Note 9 so much. But it's not for everyone. If uh, one, one thing, comment we had all the time when we showed the, the Note 9 to people, they said, wow, it's big. And it is, a 6.4-inch display. Uh, it is a big unit. This is a big, big phone. So you you naturally expect uh, the, the to to go with that big screen. Uh, you need to have big performance as well. But just a word there that it is a big device. So it's a lot of phone to handle. Uh, if you if you don't if you prefer a smaller phone, then there's also of course the Galaxy S9, which is slightly smaller, or the S9 Plus, which is still a little bit smaller than the Note. But this is a big, big a big boy. This one here. It's got a Super AMOLED Quad HD display. 
really nice, really sharp, as is all, uh, as are all Samsung displays. This is no exception. So anything you look at looks amazing. Apps, web pages, documents, videos, photos looked brilliant. Uh, but one thing you can notice too is the improvement of the speed and performance. Uh, you can, I think, a great example of how much the performance has improved is by playing games. This is a what might be like a, a work device, but you can play some solid games, including Fortnite. It was one of the first devices, one of the first Android devices, to have Fortnite uh, playable on board and. Uh, whatever you're playing, these high-end games, including Fortnite, really showcases the graphics performance and the speed, the capability of this device can handle that 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 uh, that high-end processing, whether it's a, a game or some some application you're using. Now, part of the reason it can handle those games and also have a much bigger battery is because of a new a new cooling system. It's like a water thermal spreader on board, a water-powered spreader. So it. it it, it sort of cools the device down even when it's working at its hardest. The, it, it, it sort of keeps the device really cool. Never once did I feel the Note 9 getting warm. So great job there. Another reason why they were able to ramp up the performance and also have a much bigger battery on board, I think, is because of that new water cooling system. Uh, S Pen, of course, we mentioned earlier, that's also been upgraded. It now has Bluetooth on board. Really smart. And the S Pen is one of the favorite features of a Note user. It's what makes the Note the Note. It is uh, improved vastly, and with Bluetooth on board, it's a game changer. You can still, of course, write and draw, do all those things with great responsiveness, but now with that Bluetooth connection, you can do things like activating your camera, taking photos, switch to your other camera, control a presentation, a lot of, a lot of features there, and, and app developers are also going to be able to develop their apps using the software development kit, the, the kit that Samsung is providing, so they can incorporate the S Pen and its capabilities into their apps as well. So hopefully we'll see a few more. The camera on the Note 9 is the exact uh, system that you're going to see on the S9, the Galaxy S9, which was a brilliant camera, one of the best cameras. At the time when it was released, it was voted the best camera in the world by DxOMark. That's now been taken over by the P20 Pro. But still, solid camera, really smart. And it can even tell you if the lens is dirty. Uh, or if someone's blinked in your photos. But again, brilliant pictures, captured, uh, great color, works great in low light as well. One of the strengths of this is this low light performance. It's got that adjustable aperture, so like your eye at night, it'll sort of open up to let more light in. If it's bright, it'll close down a little bit so it doesn't get oversaturated. Uh, speakers, this sounds great as well. They've got uh, AKG tuned speakers on board, so we heard a lot of uh, music and videos through the speakers, and forget the Bluetooth speaker, it sounds good enough on its own, this phone, so doesn't need a Bluetooth speaker. There's even Dolby Atmos on board, uh, so you can have that surround experience from a device that's right there in your hand. Now, this is a powerhouse device and is ideal for productivity. So if you're into multitasking, creating, editing documents on the go, the Note 9 does it with ease. And it helps because of that enhanced performance on board and the speed and that generous screen as well. That also helps. That screen real estate really does make things easy when you're, you're working on the go. Uh, but here, here's the killer feature, in my opinion. Samsung... Dex. Now we've heard of this feature before. It was introduced uh, with the with the Note 8 last year, and then and also uh, introduced for also provided for the Galaxy S9. And what it required at that time was a dock. 
So you had to have the DEX dock. You had to put the phone in that dock, connect that dock to a monitor uh, with a keyboard and a mouse, and you've got a desktop solution. This time out, you don't need the dock. And I think it's all because of that cooling system. I think the dock provided a cooling system. In, there was a fan on board so the phone wouldn't overheat. But now the phone can do it on its own. So all you need now is a HDMI cable and an adapter. So a USB-C to HDMI adapter, connect that to your monitor, keyboard and mouse, and you've got like a desktop solution. So you can have Windows open, watching videos, doing whatever you want, playing games, and still be able to use your phone. Make, you know, send your messages. Do whatever you need to do on your phone. Make calls if you want while it is running a desktop solution. This is uh, just ideal for that mobile professional. So if you want to get around without having to carry a laptop, the Note 9 could easily take its place. Storage, again, another massive no-compromise area here. The base model's got 128 gig of memory, but it does have, there is a 512 gig version, which that's half a terabyte, and you can expand it to up to more than a terabyte with the micro SD card. So you get a 512 gig card on top of a 512 gig onboard storage. You're rocking more than a terabyte in your pocket. That's pretty handy. So, uh, it, but you can also, if you don't want to use the uh, micro SD card, you can also have a second SIM card. So the tray is a bit of a universal tray. So you can either have one SIM and a micro SD card or two 4G SIM cards. Your choice. The battery, as we mentioned, is a massive 4,000 milliamp hours. So it's going to last all day. And it easily lasted all day. Our use, we had it easily run the day and into the next day. Now, what I like about this, though, is Samsung promoted this as an all-day battery. They never made any of those outlandish claims that other companies have done. Two-day battery life, three-day battery life. They just said all-day battery, and it easily went that distance. So big tick for Samsung for not trying to go overboard there. They just said all-day performance, and they were right. And it, and it lasted more than a day. They could have They could have made it... A day and a half battery, but they didn't. They said easily last for a day, all day, and they were spot on. It lasted not only in that day, but also into the night as well and into the next day. Pricing, it's not cheap. So, you know, you get what you pay for. You want one of the best devices, you're going to have to pay top dollar, and it starts at 1499 for the 128 gig model, 1799 for the 512 gig version. And that's in the same ballpark as the iPhone 10. The iPhone 10 is actually more expensive than the, than the 512 gig version of the Note 9. But as I said, you get what you pay for, and this is a no-compromise, top-of-the-line product that has the power and performance of a laptop computer right there in your pocket. One of the best phones we've used, One of the best, easily one of the best phones of the year. But if you want to check the review out for yourself, uh, Samsung, I think, a massive home run here with the Galaxy Note 9. And if you want to read our complete review, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Next up on the show, another smartphone, smartphone number two. There is another one to come after this. But this one, we're going to chat about a, a device from Oppo. Oppo is a well-known brand, a challenger brand, I call them. Uh, they've produced a pretty, some decent smartphones over the years. But their latest, I have to say is probably the most disruptive. It's the Find X. Now, this is a device with a hidden camera and no notch. Notch is gone. The notch was introduced with the iPhone, the iPhone 10 last year, as a way to incorporate the front-facing camera while still maximizing the screen 
area, and Apple came up with the notch, and since since then the notch has been imitated by others. The LG G7 had it, the Huawei P20 Pro, the Huawei Nova 3i, even Oppo's own R15 Pro has a notch, and the rumoured Google Pixel 3 also is going to feature a notch, but not the Oppo Find X. This is a unique design here. When you first look at it, you see a 19.5 by 9 AMOLED display. The display is 6.4 inches. Looks a lot like, I've got to say, and I'm not sure whether it's actually the same display, it looks just like, including the curves on either side, the Samsung Infinity display. Not sure if it's the same one and the same, but it does look remarkably similar. But it does take up the entire, almost the entire front of the device. In fact, the screen-to-body ratio is 93.8%. And now when you look at the screen, other phones have to make room for a camera, not the Find X. There's no camera when you look at it, no camera, front or back. So the screen goes all the, almost all the way to the top. There's a tiny bezel, like a couple of millimetres thick. At the bottom of the screen, a, a very small chin, probably three to four millimetres. But virtually the entire front of the phone is screen. So they've made room for more screen by not having the camera visible. So where the hell is it? What happens here? When you want to unlock the phone or take a photo, the camera rises out of the top of the product. Front camera, back camera in the same stealth module. So it comes out of the, cam out of the top, slides elegantly up out of the body of the camera so you can either... Uh, it can read your face for security or take your photo. Now, I thought this is a bit of a gimmick. It's going to take ages, and boy, was I wrong. Uh, this camera pops up straight away, like face ID. It's it's almost as fast as the iPhone in locking, unlocking with with your face. And when you want to take a photo, you hit the camera button, and bang, the camera's there, ready to go, like less than about half a second, maybe slightly more, but le way less than a second. But it's there. I was never once thinking, oh, God, hurry up. Never, ever did I say that. It was there, ready to go. A really smart design here. So they've, they've really smartly put this together. So they've maximized the screen real estate while still providing a camera. And prepare yourselves. I think there's going to be other, other companies that may imitate, that will imitate this. There'll be some kind of hideable camera, hidden camera that we're going to see, I'm sure, in devices over the next couple of years. Design-wise, really nice-looking device. So the curved edges of the display are actually mirrored on the back. And speaking of the back panel, what you won't find are cameras because they're hidden away, remember, in the module. So you're going to get this lovely, uncluttered design. There's two colours, Bordeaux red or glacier blue. They've got this gradient colour design. So the, the colours look really nice when the light reflects off them looks really smart. But remember, no cameras only appear when you need them. Now, I thought that, yeah, the camera, the, the phone is going to be a bit delicate, but I was wrong. It actually feels really solid in your hand, not fragile whatsoever. It is slightly thicker, though, than your regular smartphone. It's 9.6 millimetres. Other phones, you'll, you'll notice, are probably like a millimetre a millimeter narrower or thinner than this. 
9.6, though, didn't feel too fat at all. It actually felt about the same thickness as a regular phone. So we never thought, well, this is fat. It wasn't at all. It's obviously a little bit wider to fit in that camera mechanism, but you'll hardly notice that extra thickness. It's, uh, it's not noticeable at all. But under the hood, though, while this is a really nice-looking phone, smartly designed, have, has the great hidden camera feature, it's also pretty powerful. It's a gutsy little phone. This is the. It's got a Qualcomm Snapdragon 845 mobile platform. It's got 8 gig of RAM, would you believe? 8 gig, 256 gig of on internal memory. No micro SD card. I was a bit disappointed about that. No micro SD, so you can't expand the memory, although... 256 is pretty solid. That's probably what you're getting with your iPhone 10 at the moment. And, there, of course, there are no expandable micro SD card slots on an iPhone. So uh, Oppo decided no micro SD card. Uh, just on that, just on the comparison to Apple, one that's one thing that Oppo has done in the past. A lot of their phones look like iPhones. Their color OS operating system looks like iOS. So it's kind of, uh, in the past, I've called the mid-range, cheaper Oppo phones kind of the poor man's iPhone. Uh, and it's it, it sort of still retains that look of iOS, like the camera interface looks exactly like the iPhone. So it pays a little bit of uh, a bit of homage to the iPhone uh, with the operating system. Uh, but even the, uh, the the device itself, the camera, the operating system, the the it's, it's an Android operating system, but the user interface is very Apple-like. But uh, yeah, that, that's that's not a bad thing. But the, uh, yet another th- thing, how, a way they've imitated Apple is by not having a, an expandable memory, which is uh, that's their business, I guess. Now the camera, the stealth camera, it does take impressive pictures. It's got AI built in as well, so it can help you optimize your image. It just kind of knows what it's looking at and pumps up all the different settings, exposure and contrast, so that it looks the best it can be. It's look. I'll be honest. It's it's no. It's not quite as good as the S9, iPhone 10, Note 9, P20 Pro quality camera. Not far off it though. So it's 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 not a terrible camera, but not quite in the same league as those other phones that I mentioned. But still, uh, it, it's uh, in its own right takes some pretty good images. Now the front facing camera, the back the back cameras. By the way, you've got uh, there's a 20 and a 20 megapixel and a 16 megapixel camera. But the front camera, that's where the action is. It's a 25-megapixel camera. And what, what, what the camera's got, the, the camera, as I mentioned, is your face security. So it's face recognition. So it's got this, this it creates a 3D map of your face and uses more than 15,000 points on your face to match up your head with what has been registered for the phone. So that's, that they say, is 20 times more secure than a fingerprint which is pretty handy indeed. Uh, the, 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 I thought I might have got sick of the, the stealth camera sliding up and down. and it, it, I was, it was. It, it's fast and it's there when you need it and not there when, when you finish with it. Uh, so that, that, that's not an issue at all. One thing I did ask, though, I think, what would happen if you dropped this while the camera was extended? So if the camera's open... The, the, the mechanisms have been extended. If you drop this, you're going to be in all kinds of trouble. Well, I tried it, and funny enough, I held the phone above my head and dropped it to my other hand, and in a, in an instant, it detected that it had been dropped and had already closed the camera. By the time I looked at the phone, the camera had already been closed. It retracted and even said on the screen, a fall was detected, and we retracted the, the camera, do you want to reactivate? 
which I thought was really impressive. I thought, wow, if you drop this with the camera open, you're probably going to break it and then you're going to have to get it repaired. But no, it tucked the camera away, even from the time it took to go from my hand above my head to my other hand, which was not even a meter, it had already detected that drop and shut up shop. It shut that camera away. And uh, and so to prevent any kind of further damage, which I thought was very very impressive. So uh, that 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 resolved that issue for me. I'm thinking, wow, I don't want to drop this. But even if you do, it is not going to break, which I thought is pretty impressive. Now here's another thing that impressed me too. You know, when you make a phone call with a normal smartphone, what happens is that there is a sensor, so that when you're making a call, there's a little proximity sensor. So when you hold it to your face. The screen blanks out, so you don't have any un, does it, you don't have any unwanted contact on, on the screen. Now I could not, for the life of me, find the proximity sensor on this phone. I tested out the, the the call, and when I brought it to my face, the screen blanked out. It was like a magic trick. I said, "How do you do that? There's no proximity sensor, and it's not like the camera module slides out for your phone calls. It doesn't do that at all. There must be the the smallest little proximity sensor there, uh, and turns off the screen, so you're not dialing with your face." which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, photos, I said, were pretty cool. The front-facing camera is enhanced with that the 3D facial, the 3D facial recognition, so that so it can, when it's taking a selfie, it can give you, uh, render some nice, uh, it, it looks at your face, the shape of your face and the lighting, how the light hits it, so it can take some pretty smart selfies with this as well. Battery is excellent, 3,730 milliamp hour battery. It's such a miserly use of power. We were getting two days' worth of battery out of this, and this was our daily driver. Easily getting a day and a half into nearly two days of battery use. And here's the kicker. When you do need to charge it, it's got that, that VOOC fast charging that you can go from – you can be fully charged in 35 minutes. That's remarkable. So try find another camera, uh, another smartphone that can do that. But you know what? The, while we love this phone, there were a few things missing. No NFC. Oppo have a habit of not having that feature on their phones, and the Oppo Find X, which is their sort of premium, their most expensive phone, they decided to withhold that as well. It's also not water-resistant. I think uh, having a retractable camera probably uh, was a result of that. Uh, I mentioned there's no microSD card slot, so you can't expand your memory, which is a shame. Would have made the device even better. Uh, and we also did notice, though, with, with, you know, we were using it every day, we did notice there were some look fine little scratches on the gradient colour rear panel, very fine little scratches that if you hold it up to the light, you can see it. You couldn't tell just by looking at it, but if you did have a close look, you can see these little fine scratches. Nothing too drastic, but they were there anyway. The Oppo Find X, it's available now exclusively, exclusively through JB Hi-Fi, and it's priced at 1000 and $99. And if you want to read our complete review, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Next up, we got yet another phone, the Huawei Nova 3i. Now, this is a mid-tier phone, $599. And I've got to say, it's very much like the iPhone. So it's got a similar, it's got the notch, it's got the similar camera arrangement, so the alignment of two lenses, one on top of the other. Uh, so it does look very iPhone-like, as do other Android cameras, as, uh, Android phones as well with the notch. But this is a, uh, a smart product. I really enjoyed using this one. 6.3-inch high-res display, 
Pretty sleek design too. Really thin and light in your hand. Feels really good. Got the Apple-like notch on top. Two front-facing cameras with uh, the proximity sensor and the speaker. It's also got two rear cameras. So all up, there are four cameras on board here. So uh, if you're into your photography, you're not going to be let down by the Nova 3i. Got lovely uh, design, rounded edges. As I said, looks a lot like the iPhone 10, but does have lovely colors as well. I quite like the iris purple. It really were a beautiful design, really nice uh, hue of colors uh, you get when it's uh, in the light. You can see those from my review uh, on Tech Guide there as well. But we, we actually had the iris purple version for our, our review. The other version uh, you can get is black. But I recommend if you're going to get this phone, iris purple all the way. Now, this is a device, as I said, mid-tier product. And it is a. If you had order, if you had pre-ordered this device, you would have received the Nova, the uh, Huawei FreeBuds, which is kind of the Huawei's version of the AirPods, which I've been using, and they are among my favourite wireless earphones. Really nice, uh, as as good as the AirPods, uh, uh, valued at one hundred and ninety nine bucks. You could have got them free with the five ninety nine pre-order of the Nova Three I. Well. Good news for you listeners is if you head over to the Tech Guide Facebook page, we are actually giving this away. Or if you want to go to Tech Guide, click on the competition uh, link in the menu bar, and that'll take you to our entry form where you can win the Nova 3i from Huawei as well as those Huawei FreeBuds, which are, are great earphones. Now, on the cameras, I mentioned there are four in total. So you're going to get the the 20, 20 megapixel, sorry, 16 megapixel on the back. And on the front, though, you're going to get a 24-megapixel front-facing camera. So the, 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 the rear camera is not as good as the front camera. Can you believe that? So if you're a selfie lover, uh, you're going to get the better camera, the strongest quality camera on the front. And it's paired with a 2-megapixel camera as well, so they all help each other. You also get HDR Pro on the front camera only which is, it just makes your photos even better. It would have, it would have been nice to have that on the rear camera, uh, the 16-megapixel and 2-megapixel camera, but not to be. You only get HDR on the front. So if you love taking selfies or you in front of places, you can get some pretty nice images. Yeah, really sharp, very nice, actually, for its price. Uh, the camera is really, really high quality for its uh, price range. It's also got AI, so it knows what it's looking at, whether it's a dog, a waterfall, a beach, a sunrise, a car, fireworks. Uh, if you're shooting at night, it is smart enough to look at those. And it can actually recognize 22 categories of more than 500 scenes to give you the best results. So the Nova 3i, uh, it's got its own Kirin 710 chipset on board. That's Huawei's own silicon there. So you can get solid performance. Helps to have that AI being processed really smartly by that chipset. It's also got pretty good graphics performance as well. It's got the GPU turbo technology. So you can actually get into your mobile games. Uh, and all around, this is a really handy device. 4 gig of RAM, 128 gig of onboard storage, but it does have a micro SD card slot so you can expand that even further. And like the Note, you can actually, uh, you can either have two 4G SIM cards or a single SIM and a micro SD card. Up to you. There is face unlock as well. Fingerprint scanner on the back. Pretty good. A very feature-packed product for $599. The 3,340 milliamp hour battery also performed really well. 
Easily ran the whole day, well into the second. So not a problem from dawn till dusk. This thing will have you back. It'll still be working. So uh, really, really cool there as well. Then, as I said, the camera works well. I've taken some nice pictures of my dogs for you to check out. What you don't get, no NFC. So forget the tap and go. Uh, you also don't have the fast charging, but it charged pretty quick. Not as quick as the uh, the Oppo Find X, but fast enough. No USB-C either. Those other devices that we reviewed earlier, they've got USB-C. This one has the good old micro USB port on there as well. I think it sort of ages it a little bit. Uh, but on, on the surface, very iOS-like. So another Apple uh, flattery uh, device here. Does still have a pretty strong Android flavor, but it, it does. You could mistake this for an iPhone 10 if you are not looking hard enough. The Nova 3i, and remember, we're giving it away on Tech Guide. You either go to our Facebook page, you'll find that. There's a link then to the competition page, or you go to Tech Guide, and up in the top menu, you'll see competition on the right-hand side. Click on that. You could be winning this phone for nothing, and you get the earbuds as well. You want to see our review or enter that competition, you go to the same place techguide.com.au Keeping you updated and educated This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning Tech Guide The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Now you probably have antivirus on your computers and tablets but did you know that your router could be letting hackers into your home? The router is the heart of the connected home but can also provide an entry point for hackers to attack anything connected to your network to infect your devices, steal your information and even spy on your home. And unfortunately, just password protecting your router won't block these threats. Introducing Norton Core, a smart and more secure Wi-Fi router that delivers speed and security all in one. Norton Core delivers next-gen Wi-Fi speeds to every corner of your home while helping to protect all your connected devices, things like computers, phones, smart TVs, baby monitors, gaming consoles, smart speakers, and much more from digital threats by helping to block them at the network level. With built-in parental controls, Norton Core also lets you set screen time limits by device or by user, set content filters, and even pause the internet across your entire home or from an easy-to-use smartphone app. Norton Core, the smart, more secure Wi-Fi router, is available now at your local Harvey Norman store. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Our question was from a reader who was switching from Android back to an iPhone. And their concern was they couldn't get their contacts to come across. Well, if you are an, a, a Google, an Android user, you should have a Google account, a Gmail account. And what you can do uh, when you're using your Android device, you would have created a list of contacts. And those contacts will be forever associated with that particular email address. So my suggestion, if you are setting up your phone, make sure you're using that Google email address. And in the settings, when you enter that, when you uh, put that in as a, as a new mail address on the iPhone, make sure that you tick the contacts uh, the, the button so that it, it'll ask for mail, contacts, calendar, and notes. Make sure you click contacts so all the contacts that are associated with that email address will come across to your iPhone. Problem solved right there. There is actually a migration app that helps 
users go from Android to iOS. It brings across all your music, pictures, even your messages, uh, and as well as your contacts. But that's an easy way if you don't want to use the migration tool to get all your contacts across to your new iPhone. You're listening to Tech Guide. And that's the end of our show for this week. You can read about everything we've talked about, of course, at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, slip us an email, info at techguide.com.au, or record a voice bite. You can do that at the Tech Guide site, and we'll play your voice on our show. We want to give a special thanks, too, to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thank you for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. 